Well, good morning. Welcome. Good to be here. Um, just like we heard in the request, it's just not COVID. People are dealing with cancer and, and uh, Sister D's friend. Um, life's still going on. We just got something else to deal with. So be much in prayer for all those in, in need. Um, we'll be in the uh, seventh chapter of the Gospel of John this morning. But before we get started, does anyone have a special song they'd like to sing? If not, we'll be in the in the seventh chapter of John. Um, well, I'm going to flip over to Luke. Uh, chapter 11 first and chapter 12, a couple, few verses there. I want to read to kind of set the, the groundwork for, for today. In uh, chapter 11, the Gospel of Luke, verse 23 says, uh, these are the words of Christ, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. And then going over to the 12th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, starting at verse 51. Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth. Again, these are the words of Christ. He says, I tell you nay, but rather division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son and the son against the father and mother, against the daughter and the daughter against the mother, and the mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And in John chapter 7, verse 43, it says, So there was division among the people because of him. Here, uh, the last few messages I preached from chapter 6, uh, where we're at in chapter 7 uh, this morning, about six months have gone by uh, since Christ was uh, fed the 5,000, walked on the water, and uh, did his uh, telling the people that he is, I am the bread of life. And before the feeding of the 5,000, the Passover feast, which is the first feast of the seven that the Jewish people would celebrate annually, was coming nigh. And today's chapter, or the, the passage where we're speaking from this morning, um, it's the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booth, or the Feast of Shelters, as what was mentioned in and uh, earlier today, um, which is the seventh and last of their festival season. And the Jews had three festivals that, that uh, was required that the, the men of the, of the family would have to go up to Jerusalem to, to worship. So uh, Jesus would have had to go for the Passover. He would have had to gone for the 
third, which is Pentecost. Um, and then the, the last one would have been this one here, the Feast of the Tabernacles. Um, so it was, it was a, a, a time here in the earliest, earlier part of the chapter, Jesus was still in Galilee. And if you remember uh, chapter 6, they, they went over to Bethesda and then they went back to Gezernet and, and Capernaum. So he was around the, the Sea of Galilee, uh, which Nazareth is near where he, his upbringing. That's where he was, he was keeping, keeping uh, his... Uh, I don't want to say on the down low, but he was trying to stay away from Jerusalem because his time had not yet come and they were seeking to kill him. And the beginning part of this chapter talks a lot about that. And um, his brothers, uh, they were talking about, hey, it's time to go down to Jerusalem. Are you coming with us? He said, no, go ahead. My time's not yet come. Um, but he later on... Uh, goes goes into Jerusalem unnoticed, and uh, where we're going to be speaking from this morning, he's in the temple, um, and he and he's teaching, he's he's preaching, he's teaching, and uh, and there's there's some stuff going on here. Um, there's um, that difference uh, of opinion. That division um, that people have over Christ then still exists today, um, and that's that's where we're going to go with this this morning. Um, so, if we just jump over to uh, verse forty, um, again, Jesus has been teaching here in the temple. There's been discussion. He just. Uh, uh, finished talking about how he was uh, living water, and if, uh, if, if people come to the, come to him, they would never thirst. Um, he had called out some of the hypocrisy earlier about uh, the law of Moses uh, being able to perform circumcisions on the Sabbath day, um, and everybody was good with that. But Jesus healed somebody who was lame on the Sabbath day. You can't do that. And he was calling them out for their hypocrisy then. And so a lot of, a lot of back and forth going on. Uh, and it is always the same thing. Jesus, the, the Pharisees throwing stones at Jesus and Jesus throwing them right back. Um, but starting here at verse 4, it says, Many of the people, therefore, when they heard these sayings said of the truth that, that, that this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, Never, never man spake like this man. 
Then answered them the Pharisees, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus saith unto them, the one that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, doth our law judge any man before it heareth him and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And every man went unto his own house. So this this passage, um, you know, points out the, the division. And there's there's some things here that we want to bring out this morning. And it came across this uh, from from uh, one of the commentaries, and it said this is from uh, Kent uh, R. Kent Hughes, and he's a uh, was president of Wheaton Bible College for a while, and he he has a commentary, and he says. Uh, Christ brings division to everyday life. We will all experience this. Maybe we are at the store, in school, or at work, and we are talking animately with someone about any number of things, maybe politics or education or sports or even the weather. Then someone says something like, my life has really been different lately because of Christ. Suddenly there is silence. And shuffling of the feet. Someone coughs. Someone else looks at their watch and says, Oh, I've got an appointment to get to or that I'm running late. Another says, Oh, yes, I have to go feed my dog. I must, I must need to go. But in reality, the man who said he had to feed the dog doesn't have a dog. And the person who had an appointment, the appointment's actually the next day. How many of you have been in conversations like that? You, be, you know, we, we, we spent the beginning of the men's class Sunday school talking about Tennessee football and how either good or how bad they looked the, the, the day before. Or, you know, you, you've had those conversations with somebody will come up and say something about church or something about God or something about Christ. And then either the, the topic changes or every, everybody just comes up with an excuse uh, to, to get out of it. I think that's very common. I think we all, all can relate to that. And here's the, here's the same thing. We've got, we got uh, these, the, the, these people here that have these different opinions about who Christ is here in the beginning of this passage. And the sad thing about it is all, all three opinions are, are wrong. All three opinions uh, are not opinions that will lead them to the saving grace of Christ. Um, the first being here in, 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 in chapter, in verse 40, talks about um, him being a prophet. Um, referring probably back to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18 when uh, God's talking to Moses, said we we're going to send up, there's going to be a prophet that comes after him. So the Jews thought Jesus was maybe the prophet. Even, even, even uh, modern Islam today believes Jesus was a prophet. 
Even, even the Jewish history believed that Jesus was a good teacher. They just don't think he's the Messiah. And that's where these people were mistaken. They say, well, he's just a prophet. And the second thing here that says, others said, this is the Christ. Well, yes, it is the Christ, but there's a difference. For, for a long time in my life, I said, yeah, Jesus is the Christ. But I did that intellectually. One of the commentators said that it's orthodox, orthodoxy webbed with a rebellious heart. And it's like, okay, I, I, know, I know the story. I, I, I know this, that, and that, but I never, ever accepted it. I never had that personal relationship. All the head knowledge, you, you can know uh, all about his birth, all about his crucifixion, his resurrection. You can believe and, and think about that intellectually all you want. But until you accept it into your heart that he died for you, it's all head knowledge. And the sad thing about it is there's, there's a lot of people uh, that, you know, go through life thinking that they're a Christian when they're really not. And that's sad. That is really, really sad. And that's the way I, I was until October 26 in 1986 when I accepted Jesus, my Lord and Savior. I thought I knew it all. But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have it. I didn't have it. Raised in church, I like the word spiritually advantaged, but didn't have it. And that's just not because I came from a different church background, but there's people that are brought up in this faith that don't have it. They have it up here. And they may look like they have it here, but they don't. That's that intellectual belief. Old Nicodemus. We talked about him several months ago, coming to Jesus by night. He wasn't good enough. Jesus called him out. He said, you're a teacher. You should know these things. He didn't really know. He, did, he, he knew up here, but he didn't know here. Not good enough. Lost. Lost. And then the third, third one here talks about, ah, isn't this Christ from Galilee? No, no, no prophet or no, no, nothing good comes out of Galilee. Doesn't the scripture tell us that, you know, Christ is going to be a David and, 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 and be from the town of Bethlehem? Uh, where David was. You know, some people just won't believe. They'll, they'll hear that, that first, that, that, the first thing and they, they won't look at it. They won't dig in and, and check it out for themselves. And it's like uh, the popular fake news today. You know, this person says this and this person says that, but no one knows what's true because... But, you know, no one wants to do the research. No one wants to, to, to do the fact checking. 
You know, if the, these folks here would have done some fact-checking, they would have realized, yeah, he grew up in Nazareth, but he was actually born in Bethlehem. Yes, he is of the tribe of Judah. He's not of the tribe of Ephraim. He, you know, they, if they would have looked, asked the questions, took the time to find out, they would have realized that, hey, maybe this is the Messiah. Maybe this is the chosen one. But no, they didn't take the time. And in all three cases, oh, this is, this is a good man. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a prophet that Moses talked about. Or, or yeah, this is the Christ. Or, ah, it's not the Christ. In all three cases, they're all lost. They're all in division with each other. And they're all in division with God. It's just like Elijah when him and Ahab had gotten together, you know, you know, those are going to serve God, serve God. Those are going to serve Baal, serve Baal. How, how, how are we going to be, how are we going to be of two different of opinions? You know, and that's, that's the same today. Essentially, the, 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 the battle lines drawn down. And on this side, we have the, the God's team. And on this side, we have Satan's team. You know, there's no middle ground. You can't stand on the line. You're either on one side or the other. You're either saved or you're lost. You've chosen Christ or you've rejected Christ. There's no, there's no in between. There's new, no neutrality in this. You can be neutral about a lot of things in life. You can have be wishy-washy about this, wishy-washy about that. But when it comes to eternity, you need to be on one side or you're on the other. That's the only reason why we're here. Amen. There's no sense of us even being here if it wasn't for that. Christ crucified, died, buried, resurrected. Either on one side or the other. It's not thinking that Christ was a great prophet. It's not thinking about Christ being who He says He is, but not having that heart knowledge. Or it's say, ah, this is a bunch of hogwash. There's no middle ground. In verse 43, it says, so there was a division among the people because of Him. No different today. 2,000 years ago, Another thousand years before that, when Elijah was was separating God's people from the people, the Baal worshipers, from the beginning of time, nothing's changed. And that's why our work is so important that we come together in love and, and say, you need to be on this side. Because on this side, there is fire gnashing teeth and eternal separation from God. Then the temple guards, here we are, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said in them, why have you not brought them? And the officers answered, Never a man spake like this man. So the temple guards were there. 
And they had been commissioned to arrest Jesus as they saw him. They had been looking, if you read the rest of the beginning part, of it, they had been looking for Jesus all during the week of the festival. And this is about this is about midweek is when he started teaching in the temple. And this is toward the end of the festival where this actually takes place. So they had been looking for him all week. And here, here he is in the middle of the temple in front of everybody. Temple guard stationed out had the opportunity. But boy, Jesus was compelling. Jesus was talking like they had never heard. He was, he was somebody who wasn't properly trained in the Pharisaical or the Sanhedrin way. But yet he spoke things that, that, that made sense, that touched people. And they came back to the, the Pharisees. Well, why didn't you arrest them? You had every opportunity. And, 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 and this is, this is, this is, this is, uh, and I can really relate to this part of the scripture. This is, because uh, um, I went through this personally. Um, there in verse 49, or at verse um, 47, uh, the Pharisees ridiculed, and they were, they were laughing at the, are you also deceived? In the New Living Translation, it says that, they, that it was a mocking of them. You also deceived as any, and then it goes on in the next verse, any of the Pharisees or any leaders, or you see us following him? The peer pressure. You know, they got the ridicule and the peer pressure. And then, then they play the ignorance card. You know, these people here that don't know the law, they're cursed by God anyway. You're just as stupid as they are. And the reason why I can relate to this, because after I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and my family, when I told my family, um, I don't know how long it actually was, but Brother Rogers, Brother Rex, talked to my dad. They worked together at Navistar. They talked to my dad. And my dad one day, uh, and I don't know, because I was living out of the house, so Missy and I must have been visiting or something. My dad took me to the back bedroom. That was never a good sign when dad took me back to the back bedroom. Because usually I would have been dancing. Because that belt or that hand had been coming out because I had done something bad. But I was, I was growing. I mean, I was 20, probably 23, 24, 25 years old at the time. And uh, dad, dad played all three of these cards. He was laughing at me for being a Baptist. <laughs> he said, you know, the Catholic way is the best way. Universal tried to play that peer pressure card on me, and he played the stupid card. He said, all oh, those Southerners are a bunch of stupid people. You shouldn't believe in them at all. He played all three of these cards on me. I can really relate to that. And each and every one of you, probably in your Christian, for those of you who are Christ followers, probably face that in some time in your life. Somebody laugh at you because you're a Baptist. You know, they'll, they'll say, oh, you're stupid and believing in that. You know, oh, the majority of us don't believe in that. Come on, it's all right to, to walk our way, do the things of the world. Can you relate to that? I can't. First hand, my mom and dad, we didn't even know that they were going to show up at our wedding. It was so bad. And years and years and years went by until here at the very end before my mom passed and before things actually got better. 
and uh, we had some reconciliation at that point in time. But all the years it was wasted because we were divided over him. That's not going to change. That's not going to change. Stay strong. Stay strong. Then old Nicodemus This is kind of ironic, kind of a double irony here. Nicodemus stands up and says unto them, Doth our law judge any man before at least him, and now curse what he doeth? So Nicodemus essentially calls, calls, calls himself and the other Sanhedrin and Pharisees out. And they just said, you know, the Pharisees just said, you're going to be like those unlawed, unlearned people that don't know the law, that are cursed by God. And yet they were struggling and following their own rules. This man is entitled to hearing what he has to say. You know, you, you heard all these claims, but yet, you know, the temple guard said all this, but yet... You didn't go to find out, you know, what Jesus had to say. You didn't go see for yourself. Want to change the rules? It's just like playing lawn darts with your dad. I want to change the rules all the time. Don't, don't people do that? They change the rules to suit themselves. You know, we see, we see that all, all the time. And here, and here the Pharisees are trying to do they say, calling out the people... Who were following Jesus, being ignorant and stupid of the law, but yet they didn't want to give Jesus a fair, fair shot. It, the other irony here is that is that these these people that they called unlearned of the law, while well, the Pharisees and Sanhedrin were the teachers of the law, so. You know, maybe they were calling about the ineffective training. And a lot of us have that at work. You know, read and understand. You read something and have to check yes to see if it's effective or not. But they were, you know, it's kind of a throwing shade on themselves because, you know, maybe their teaching wasn't what it should have been and uh, for the folks to understand. And then the ridicule and and the peer pressure and everything that they threw on the temple guards, they turn around and do it to Nicodemus as well. Are you a Galilean too? And, and Nicodemus probably was a Levi. Probably wasn't of the region. He might have been from Galilee, but he was of the tribe of Levi. And then, you know, um, yeah, search the book for nothing comes out of Galilee. Of Galilee. And again, not fact-checked. Fact checking. So they're throwing throwing Nicodemus under the bus, and then fifty verse fifty three, and every man went unto his own house. No resolve. We start the same place that we end the same place we started. All these different opinions about Jesus, who he is, what he is, and two thousand years later, here we are. Same situation. 
Nothing's changed. So, what, what is it to you? We can't be neutral. There's always going to be division. Like I said, you're either here or you're there. There's no, no, there's no whatever that is, 8 feet, 10 feet between those pews. There, there's no middle ground. There's, there's no bit of ground. Either for him or against him. What's your decision? What's your choice? Has God called you? Has that spirit tugged on your heart? Week after week after week, Brother Bob, Brother Tony, myself, others have stood at this lectern and shared the gospel. Have you made the choice? Have you made the decision? Either for or against him. Again, if you haven't received him, by not receiving him, you've actually rejected him. And that's the bottom line. And that's, that's what eternity stands on. As we stand and have one verse of the song, just pray this morning that if you haven't made that choice, if you haven't made that decision, have you, if you haven't been called and followed the calling of the Holy Spirit, we pray that you do so before it's everlastingly too late. <clears throat> Not, not the head knowledge, but the heart knowledge. That he loved you enough to sacrifice himself on the cross of Calvary.